Welcome back to Ralph Pinson's podcast, where ancient wisdom meets modern man. Today's episode was sponsored by Catherine, in honor of her husband Michael, son of Lillian, who is recovering from a stroke. May he have a complete and healthy recovery. Today's episode is the 14th in our Q&A series. Can the Rav share what he thinks is the key for a happy and healthy marriage? Um, happy and healthy marriage. So, there's a lot to say about this, by the way. There's a lot to say about this. <laughs> yeah, it's a big question. It's a big, big question. question. I Pretty think, first of all, this deserves probably its own book. That's number one. That'd be great. That's a shove one day. Also, there's an issue, which is kind of interesting, which is important, is that principally, Chazal, the Mishnah says in, in Chagiga that there's something about you don't speak about intimacy or sensitive, intimate things in public. It's important to understand this because, because no two relationships are the same. For, for various reasons. One is obviously the Tzniyah issue, the idea of, of being of modesty, um, which unfortunately people don't understand what that means any longer. But um, the idea of modesty, but also because there's so many different types of relationships that can work. There's so many different types of paradigms of marriage and certain cultures and certain conditionings and upbringing can certain have, people have different expectations of what they're looking in, in a marriage. And it's not, it's not, there's no one model that you'll say, okay, this is going to work cross-culturally in every single place, in every single situation. So it's, it's very hard to speak about this. It really has to be like tailored to every individual person. But if, to say a few words just about this idea of marriage and to frame it in some type of, uh, some type of paradigm, a Torah paradigm, a spiritual higher paradigm. So you can say like this, there's, in the in the blessing, in the bracha that we say, in the in the bracha of the suim, of the shavuot, we say that we bless Shabara, that Hashem, the Creator of sasim v'simcha, gila rina ditza v'chedva. Gila rina ditza v'chedva is four expressions of joy. So this is there. There are different types of joy. External joy, internal joy, outward joy, different types of joy. Chazal say generally, this Officer Manasseh says that there are there are ten lashonas, there's ten descriptions of joy. So let's just say this is one category. Then you have Ava, which is love. Achva, which is brotherhood. Shalom is peace. Ereus is friendship. So if you have to break it down, we can break it down into five five things so you have joy love brotherhood connection peace and friendship these would be the five descriptions that that would really bless every single every single person that's getting married we bless them they should have, they should experience this in their marriage so we can talk about these, these five things if you wish so that, that can be a, a little bit of model to understand how to produce really um not just happy marriages, but really healthy marriages. That we're 
where there's understanding of growth and that people are together in this marriage. So joy, simcha will be the first, the first, the first one. To be joyous in a marriage, to be joyous in a relationship, is, I think, one of, one of the basic ingredients is to be grateful for the other person. Um, because we start taking for granted the people that are in our lives. You know, someone does something for you over and over again, there's a certain expectation that that's what they would do for you. It becomes routine, it becomes rot. So I think just a general thing is, is, is being is being grateful for the other, always always to be grateful. We spoke about this once, it's not grateful, it's not just in speaking, but in, in, in a posture of gratefulness, which is really about, ends up being a person becoming a little bit lighter. Um, joy could be, you know, obviously joy can be a lot of things, but I think on a very simple level, joy means just a joyful home. A person's home should be joyful. Um, To use humor to distill tension, certainly with children. I'm just telling you what, what I think. So this is my personal ideas. What I, I think it's, it's the way it worked. You know, when a child comes home with with a, with a hard with a hard day, or your spouse comes home with a hard day. Now, of course, you can't make light. I'm not talking about making light, and that that means you're not being there for the other person. But everything can be taken with. With, with a little bit of sense of humor, and to bring humor into the home, to bring schoik, to bring laughter into the home is like a very the house house has to be a house of laughter, and it should be. You want to come to this house because uh, I have a funny thing to tell you, but I don't know if it should be online. I'll tell you later. But a house has to be a place of laughter. Laughter is like. Uh, has to be lavender, exactly. It has to be lavender. Has to be. Has to be a happy home. Happy home is very important, and, that, and that's important. And I think part of being a, part of being a happy home and trying to bring the humor is also to come into the house in a happy state. So when you're entering into your house, let's say, let's say, uh, let's say you're hungry, for example. Never walk into your house hungry, or at least don't show your face before you before you eat, because when you're hungry. The Chazal say, "Ready, you're ready with two hearts. It's not, you're not going to put on your best face." There's a way that you 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 choose to enter into your space of your home, that when you come home, you're just you're happy to be home, and it's it's affect it's affectionate. Every, everyone will feel happy at your home. If you come home and you're 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 you're, you're hungry because you need to eat something or you're tired and you need to do something, figure it out before you come home. I don't know, eat something before you come home. Take a snack before you come home. Make sure when you come home you're ready in a good in a good in a good state, um, and if you yeah. So like keep a snack in the car. Exactly, keep a snack in the car. Very practical. Yeah. You eat something and you come home. You're not you're not you're not uh, crazy hungry. You're not like you know. I don't think you could control yourself. Maybe you can't. If, you, if that's your thing, and if you're really tired, maybe take a nap also before you get to the house. You come into the house, you should be friendly. You should be happy. Pshat. Pshat. Exactly. Just come and happy. You should come and happy. And you have to understand that walking around with a morbid face and a sour face in your house 
you, you, you suck all the energy out of the room and everyone's going to start feeling like this. And you have an achrayas, you have an obligation to make sure the house is a, is a, is a happy home and do whatever you can. Someone said, someone wrote, wrote the someone said, one to the letter said that he, he feels depressed, like he feels down. Someone said, said, sing happy songs. Sing a happy nigga. Figure it out. Figure out what makes you happy. Like, but, you know, you can come into the place to be that the home and the relationship should be, there should always be joy. Of course, it can be serious and, and it's, life is serious sometimes. But the underlying thing is that, that, that there's, there's joy, there's humor, there's, there's happiness in the home. That's, that's an important thing. And then there has to be love, Ava. What is, what is love? What is Ava? Love means that you, you carve out a space within yourself for the other, to hold the other. It's a, love, it's, it's a, it's a type of giving that you're, that you're holding the other person's space. This, this, you know, we've talked about this many times, but this idea of panam panam, face-to-face relationship. You know, if you're a husband or a wife or a spouse, whatever, however you, wherever you are in this relationship, and there's a certain expectation of what you have to be doing in this relationship. Let's say you have to earn income or you have to take out the garbage. I don't know what you have to do. You have to watch the kids. Whatever you're doing, whatever your job is, you can't expect to have a good relationship by just doing the things that you're doing. Because what people want is to have a face-to-face relationship. Face-to-face means I, I, I see you. I, I notice you. I take you seriously. Not that I do all the chores that you want me to do. Because a robot can do that also. You can get a machine to do that, technically. But there's, there's an underlying uh, relationship that's, that's there that's manifest and reflected in the things that you do. But the things that you do is akhar b'akhar, is back-to-back. That's, that's the things you're doing. You can't say, you know, I'm a, I'm a good husband because I do everything she, need, with everything she needs for me as a husband. I, I provide and I take care of the children. I do everything. And you have a whole checklist. That you do, and you, maybe you're right. Maybe you did everything. But if you didn't take five minutes to look at her, to have a puddle upon relationship, to hold her, to, to, to like say, I, I, I take you seriously and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm present for you, then... Then it's just nothing. Then it's that's not face to face. It's when your your face turns around. You could do the same thing. You could do ma'isa mitzvah. They're the same parallel with with the Baruch with Hashem. You can do mitzvah Hashem and love. You can do the actions, but if you're not having a face to face, there's no living relationship. Then it's almost meaningless. It has to it has to be an outgrowth of a, of a deeper relationship. And when it's a, when it's when it when it's that when the underlying foundation of, of, uh, of a good marriage is this love and this attentiveness to be there that even when you argue and maybe you will argue and probably you will argue and it's probably healthy to argue but it never becomes personal so you could you can argue you can argue you know if you have an idea your spouse has an idea and you should argue that's the whole is azer connected is there's, there's, there's a there's someone against you correspondingly to you that's the idea that it should be someone that's another voice not just you know, I do whatever you say. That means nothing. That's not a face-to-face relationship. Face-to-face relationship means I have my opinion, you have an opinion, and we're going to together and figure out a third opinion. How are we going to make this work? So to take another person seriously 
but never to take anything, but never to, in an argument, to do anything personal. It's important. The third element is the achva element, which is brotherhood. Achva means something that's connected. Uh, in Hebrew, means something that's that's unified. Um, we live in a generation that, for better or worse, probably for worse, we live we live in a throwaway generation which means we don't have things and the things that we have are all like temporary you know we have plastic cups and you have plastic forks this is this this is unheard of you know years ago and we things are dispensable you think like okay this is not going to work out okay it breaks again I'll buy another one you just go on Amazon and get something else there's a certain sense that in, in, in our relationships that we think the same way where the moment something gets a little tough the moment it gets a little hard and relationships can be complicated and uh you know certainly when you're raising children there's a lot of there's a lot of issues and it's, it's complicated um you have to remember that the reason why you're with this person is because it's eternal you're you're there's there's i don't want to say there's no way out but in your mind you should think that there's no way out that this is the person that i'm married to this is the person that's my bashar. This is the person that's my soulmate. This is the person that I share a soul with. This is the person I can want one flesh with. And I'm committed to this for life. That should be the mindset. Obviously, if there's extreme cases where there's abuse and other things, I understand. But I'm just saying that the mindset of people is the moment it gets a little bit, uh, a little bit, any issue, it's like, I can find someone else. I can move on to someone else. And if you have that in the back of your mind, you never really become committed to that person. When you look at your, at your, at your spouse and say, this is the person that I'm going to grow old with. Now it's my choice whether I'm going to grow old with this person in a happy way or in a miserable way. You know, I, 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 once the Meiri writes that, uh, that there's a boss called the that says that the first, the first, the Mars has a site to that, that your first zivug, the first your, your real match is, is according to the Basque, according to this heavenly voice, and the second one is the according to your actions. So some of the commentaries say that it's not talking about first and second. It's never talking about first and second, by the way. It's talking about first and mile. Obviously, you can marry a you can bad person that was not meant for you, and the person that divorced. But and this in extreme cases, but I'm talking about in the marriage itself. It means that first and second, which means maybe originally Hashem put you two souls together. Because you're Bashar, this is your soulmate. But after ten years, it's Lafimaisov. After ten years, the person that you're married to in the relationship, if you're both healthy, normal people, is a reflection of who you are. So it's your option. It's a, it's like if someone says you're gonna you're 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 taking off on a rocket ship till you know till you're 120 alone with this person. What are you gonna go fight with this person? Or are you gonna figure out the best possible way? How are you gonna make your life work with this? Right? If that's your mindset, it's like I'm going to invest in this relationship. So it should be it should be meaningful to me that eventually, you know, and eventually it will be now good and it'll be it'll be always good. That's the achva element of it. The the element of the eternity. That we know that it's eternal, we know that it's forever, it's everlasting. That our commitment should be strong that this is the person. That's it. This is the person I'm gonna be with. So I need to commit myself and I have to make myself the best possible person in order to be in, the, in this relationship in a healthy, good way.
Shalom is peace. Peace is not the way most people think about what peace is, but peace is that peace is, is, is peace means a synthesis of opposites. Peace doesn't mean sameness. Peace means that there are different types and the different types are coming together to coalesce into a third. And I think that's an important understanding in general without getting into all the details that there's men and there's women. Obviously there's more some men that have more masculine, some more feminine, but in general there's men and women. And men and women are different. They're, phys- they're physiologically different and they're psychologically built different. They need different things. So first of all, what, what, a, what, a, what a woman needs in a marriage and what a man needs in a marriage is, is a little bit different than each other. And when you're, when you're two people in a relationship, to recognize that what I need is not what, what she needs and she needs is not what I need. So when, when you recognize that, that's an important element of peace because sometimes you think, this is what I would want. If I'm in this situation, this is what I would want. Um, you know, classically, a, a, a woman likes to talk about issues. A man likes to find results about issues. Whatever, I don't want to go into all these, like, these, you know, these definitions, but, but to think about that, that really that is, like, what does the other person, what does the other spouse need in the relationship that's different than what I need? And to recognize that in terms of building a home is that um, we're building this together and everyone's, we're both contributing to the home in a different way. I'm bringing this to the table, and this is what I, this is my quality of the relation. This is the way I'm going to interact with the children. This is how I'm going to interact with with my spouse. And the other understands that this is the way we're going to interact with the spouse, and we're going to do this collectively in harmony and peace. Each recognizing that we're different, and we're not trying to create. We're not trying to create sameness, especially when people are younger. And you think like, why can't you think like me? What? That, no, I I think like my way, and you think like your way. I like to do it this way. I like it that way. And together to try to feel some type of consensus to create an understanding and to understand that this type of peace is not a um, is not like is not a, is not a competition because a lot of times especially with raising children even with earning an income things like that it becomes a competition you know there's you divide the chores and uh, and you're always keeping score you're saying like you know I watch the baby for eight hours, you only watch it for six hours, so you owe me two hours. Or something like that. And you can all use your imagination in different cases like this. I think when it comes to competition, it's not peace. And and peace means like, yeah, maybe for you, six hours is for me, five hours. Maybe for me, five hours is like for you, eight hours. I don't know. You have to know you have to know each other. Like what in what capacity is your giving as much as you can as but always try to give as much as you can and, and never keep a score. That, that would that would that would be like a, a certainly a healthy uh, element of peace. And Reos is friendship. Friendship is um, in very simple language. Friendship is to the person should be your friend, and um, and to keep things light and fresh and humorous. You know, Chazal talk about the sachak the asa. There's like a type of joy that you have to bring and. There's a type of joy that Yitzhak has with Rivka, like just enjoying each other's company, to make time for each other um, outside the home, or you know, even take a walk, whatever, however you figure that out. It's already details because I'm not going to give you exactly what to do, but to figure out time that you, you can spend together, that you can become friends. And um, I think that's that's what the Torah is saying, that's what the Bracha is saying, this blessing is saying is that if you have simcha, if you have joy, if you have Allah, if you have love, if you have brotherhood, if you have connection, uh, 
if you have peace and if you have friendship, this will be a healthy foundation for healthy, God-loving relationships and healthy to raise healthy children. But two separate things, by the way. They're not, it's not synonymous. It's not have a healthy relationship and healthy children. They're two things. You have to have a healthy relationship and have healthy children. There's the, 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 the role of, of, of a marriage is, is dual. It's not, you don't get married to have children. The Torah doesn't say that. The Torah says that Esla is a connect, that the man is not good to be alone. Let us create someone else. Hashem Salam create someone else against man. Man meaning man and woman, because man at this time is of male and female. And and then then they become a one flesh and they'll have they'll be blessed for children. There are two elements in the relationship. It's interesting that the Balakid actually talks about this in this in this week's parasha, last week's parasha. Where it says, Rachel says that if you don't give if I don't have children, may say I'm like dead. And the, the Balakeda says that um one of the reasons Yaakov was so upset is that he was saying that's not only the relationship of the uh, that's not only what's what you are there for. Where we we also have something besides the children. And eventually the children are gonna grow up, they're gonna be healthy good children and they're gonna grow up and they're gonna and you're gonna be alone again with this person. So there has to be of course you'll have children for your whole life. Once you have children they're always there. But I'm talking about physically now. These are two, two, two separate things. To really build, build a healthy relationship is essential. Thank you. This is a really special, special image of what life and marriage can be. That it, it's not very often that we find this type of a representation. I hope that's not true. I hope well, it's, it's. I hope it's. No, I, hope, I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. Sorry, I don't mean the representation in real, you mean in in real life. I'm, I, sorry, I mean, I mean more in what general media and right. culture no, that's is portraying. True. Yeah, well. it, it's kind kind of saying kind of what the Rav was mentioning with Achva, um, right. connection and commitment. Correct. Um, generally, what the it's general a culture and zeitgeist yeah. is kind of one of no. Who who says that a relationship has to mean forever? It's when it's good, it's good, and when it's not, Correct. you move on. Correct. Correct. That's the whole zeitgeist. That is a zeitgeist. So this, this nothing is permanent, and nothing really, nothing, no relationships really mean anything. Also, you never get invested in anything. Also, falling in love, falling out of love, meaning love is not a committed yeah. thing to them. It's, yeah. it's just kind of exactly you fall in and out. The transient experience. Yeah, love is uh, like the Torah says that uh, that Yitzchak takes takes Rivka, and then he loves her, hmm. like he commits to become in love. Hmm. Like you marry someone for love. I don't even know. First of all, I don't even know what that means. But let's say you marry someone for love. What does that mean? Because you have a tingle in your stomach. Like, what does it mean? Is it lust? What is it really? What do you? What, what is it actually? What is that real sensation? What are we really talking about? I think love. Love means a deep connection with the other that you're holding them real, and you have a face-to-face relationship, and that comes over time. That's that comes from a commitment that I am going to be, to be committed to this person to live this way, and therefore I'm going to to love them and really choose to love them and then love becomes real and that's why the Torah describes love as a process that occurs in marriage now of course I'm not saying a person shouldn't marry someone if there's no Natiyas to live of course you, when, you want to marry, when you want to find someone that you're going to settle down and be, this is going to be the person you're going to live with um, there has to be a Meshach there has to be some type of pulling of the heart for various reasons you, you share the same ideas you share the same if it's even attraction, obviously these things are very important. 
Um, but then there's the commitment, and that becomes the most important thing. You know, the mukudeshes. There's something that it's a, it's a, it's a sacred bond. It's a condition. It's a sacred bond. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ralph Pinson's podcast. To submit questions or to sponsor a future episode, please email ralphpinsonpodcast at gmail.com. The link is in the description below. Thank you.